Uh, good morning, everyone, and I would like to welcome you to the presence of the Lord this morning. I believe this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Have you come with an expectation? What do you desire that the Lord will do for you? Are you willing to receive a fresh unction from him? You're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. The Lord will meet you at your very point of need in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you hear the voice that says, this is the way, walk in it. There will be clarity. There will be insight. There will bring transformation. There will be revelation. That will bring revolution to your life. One thing that I'm trusting God for you this morning is that you will not remain the same. Wherever you are watching from, whether within the city of Melbourne and outside the city of Melbourne or even beyond the shores of Australia, you will never be the same in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. First and foremost, I have an announcement to make to us, and then I'll go ahead and share some things with us. I want to let us know that by the grace of God, we have signed the contract regarding our new church building. I had planned that we'll be able to announce these in or during sanctuary worship, so that I can hear your voices, I can hear the noise, we can all dance together, and the, the, the worship team will play in the drums, and, uh, and a lot of things happening, but we thank God for everything, amen, and I can see, hear you, I can still see you shaking, I can still see you, oh wow, thank God, but we want to thank God for that, amen, praise the name of the Lord, the plan was that we'll be in that sanctuary this month, uh, but well, uh, we're not there, but by the grace of God, next month, we should be able to start some of our worship services there. Amen. Isn't God good? The Lord is good all the time. All the time, and God is good all the time. There are four things I want you to have. It's, it's something that's settled in my own spirit, settled in my own heart, because I think in scriptures. Many of us think based on your circumstances, meaning that when the circumstances are looking good, oh, you are excited. Wow, God is good. When the storms are blaring, oh, you're down. Don't be like that, because you are not a yo-yo Christian. Amen. The God of heaven is alive inside of you. That no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, let this be settled in you that God is good. Amen. Let it be settled in you that God is good. Uh, you know, I almost was going to go into this direction, but uh, I will leave that to another day. Because everything that you need to become who God wants you to be is already inside of you. There's no force on earth powerful enough to stop you from becoming. What do I need to do? We'll go into that in another day. But let's continue to build gradually. But let me make this clear to you. 
Let oh, is this circumstance? Is this no, 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 no? Everything that you need is inside of you. All you need is just to activate it. Have this settled in your heart. The one God is good. Number two, that God is good to me. Then number three, God is what? Is faithful. Amen. Can we say it together? Number one, God is good. Number two, God is good to me. Then number three, God is faithful. And finally, God is what? God is able. Amen. God is able. He is able to make all grace to abound towards us. So that we, having all sufficiency in all things, will abound unto every good work. God is able. Amen. That is why I know that whatsoever is remaining regarding the deposit that we need to put down, God has already gone ahead of us. In Jesus' name. Two weeks ago, I announced to us that we had 274,250 to go. And last week, you know, it dropped down to 269,250. And by the end of today, and after we'll receive all the offerings, because we are taking a special offering, every offering that we're receiving today is going towards our church building. Except it specifies some, you know, uh, in another way, but everything that you will receive is going towards that. And that's why it's important that as you give it, make sure you target a church building project. Everything is going into that. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And by next Sunday, I'll come and tell you that it's dropped down again from 269,250. And then it's dropped down again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because God is what? God is able. But before you go ahead, I want to take you to Exodus 35. And I want to read some things for you because we have precedence from the word of God. Exodus 35, from verse number 4. And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing. Not just this is a thing. This is the thing what the Lord commanded, saying, Take from you, take from amongst you an offering. So meaning that God is always encouraging his people to give towards the building of the house of the Lord. Take from amongst you an offering to the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart. Let him bring it as an offering to the Lord, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, ram's skins, and bring everything, and spices for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense, because it is by the anointing that the yoke shall be worn, shall be dismantled or broken. The Bible says that it is by the anointing that the yoke shall be destroyed, in the name, and the body shall be lifted by the anointing. In Jesus' name, only stones and stones to be set in the effort in the breastplate. Let's go again further to verse number 20. And all the congregation, after they heard the words of Moses, all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then everyone came whose heart was steered. Amen. Whose heart was steered. Meaning there was a resonance in their heart. Their heart was being steered by the Holy Spirit. They were not hard-hearted. And everyone whose spirit was willing. 
because it is not just oh oh they will, it's not by force is that there's a there must be a connection in your heart a willingness in your heart because god loves a cheerful giver amen praise god many years ago when i was in high school i went to a catholic primary high school and was sing many many times in, in, in you know in, during the services god loves a cheerful giver give him all you've got he loves to hear you laughing when you are in an awkward spot when the odds are up against you it's time to stop and sing praise god to praise him is a joyous thing amen god loves a cheerful giver he loves a for this thing to be done with a willing heart and they brought the lord's offering for the work of a tabernacle of meeting for all of his services and for the holy garments 22 they came both men and women as many as had what again a willing heart and brought earrings and nose rings and rings and necklaces or jewelries of gold that is every man who made an offering of gold to the lord and every man with whom was found blue purple and scarlet thread again and everyone who offered an offering of silver or bronze brought the lord's offering amen they brought the lord's offering verse 29 and the children of israel brought a free will offering to the lord all the men and women whose hearts were again what willing to bring material for all kinds of work with the lord by the hand of moses had commanded to be done and verse 30 and Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting of jewels, for setting in carving, wood and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship and he has put in his heart that is in the heart of Bezalel put in his heart and that of Aholeah the son of Ahismash of the tribe of Dan he has filled them with skill to do all the manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue purple and scarlet thread and fine linen of the weaver those who do every work and those who design artistic works verse number i mean uh, chapter number 36 verse number one and bezeliad and aholiab and every gifted artisan in whom the lord has put wisdom to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all the lord has commanded then verse number two listen to this then Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put word wisdom. And then look at the next one. And everyone, everyone whose heart was word steered. Look at it. We saw it in 35. Those who were willing and whose heart was steered brought the offering. Those who were willing, whose heart was steered brought the offering. Those who were willing, whose heart was steered brought the offering. He now said, now they brought the offering and God now said, I'm putting wisdom. How is a house built by wisdom? And by wisdom, you know, oh, I don't know what to do. What you need is wisdom. Everyone whose heart was steered to come and to do the work of the Lord. Overnight, Friday through Saturday, I had a revelation. In that revelation, I saw uh, 
I've never had that kind of revelation before in my entire life. I saw one of us, one of our young men, and he came to me. And he brought words of, of bundle, of, of, of cash, of notes. And he said, oh, he said, Pastor, I brought this to, you know, regarding the, the work that God has given to us. And he brought it to me. And not long after, another one also came. Now, you know, uh, one of us also, and he brought an envelope. In that envelope, uh, you know, I think it must have been checked. And he said, I brought this also for the work of the Lord. Not long afterward, another one, another person also came and he brought money again. He said, this is for the house of the Lord. And finally, somebody else came and brought again money for the house of the Lord. And I just woke up. I said, wow. You know, almost in quick succession, four different people. And the three of them, the first three were so clear. Were so, so clear. The other fourth person, I was like, who, who exactly are trying to remember the person? Who exactly? But the first three, I saw them with clarity. And the Lord said to me, he said, by the mouth of two or three, every word shall be established. He was establishing the fact that, yes, that he has put in our hearts, you know, to give towards the house of the Lord. And then what he's now saying is this, he said, and he will impart to us the wisdom that you need in the days ahead. The same day, yesterday, something else now happened. I was at the shop, shopping center, that is the, 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 uh, the, the uh, water garden shopping center, and, and I went to a particular side of it, for those of us who are familiar, maybe towards where they have the Safeway, you know, at the other end. And by the time I was coming back, because it was quite late, they've locked all the gates. They will lock the gates because, you know, after a while, they will lock the gates. And probably because of the, of the lockdown, they, they locked the gates quite early. And they locked the gates, and I saw people, I mean, people were standing, some, you know, at the other side trying to cross. The gate was locked, and another, you know, on this other side, trying to cross, but the gate was locked. I saw them trying to shake, and I was walking, and I got there, and I was like, Oh, how am I going to cross? Because they've locked the gates. How are we going to do it? I tried to, to move the gate. It was locked. And suddenly, supernaturally, I knew what to do. I just lifted something there. And then the gate opened. And I walked out. And, I, and people, those who were there, I mean, one person walked. And the other person, and he was saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just went back and I just put it back again the way it was. But they have been there trying to open the gate. They've been there trying to, sh they were shaking the thing, but they couldn't. But I got there. How many of us know I don't work in water gardens? How many of us know I don't have the, the cold or whatever it is? But somebody who, who has been there before water gardens complex was built. Somebody who knew the cold. Somebody who had all the word, the wisdom of what to do. Oh, that person was, li was living inside of me and still lives inside of me. By the time I got there, the gate that was locked, that people were standing, they couldn't cross. Suddenly, I knew what to do. And the gate opened, and we walked by. And I said, hmm, that when you get to gates that was locked, what others are saying is impossible. God will make it possible for us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, when I saw that, you know, the Bible says, by the mouth of two, every word shall be established. It showed me in the night season that you are responding. And again, in the, now, not now in a dream. I, this happened to me in real life. Gates that were locked, people that could not cross, I was able to cross it. 
You know what? When you respond to God, he imparts wisdom into you. That, oh, you will get to gates where they have been locked, but it will be open for you. That will be your Lord. That will be your portion. As you respond to God, even today, as you give sacrificially, and not just, oh, say, maybe it's convenient. And, well, it, like I said, whose heart the Lord is what? Touch. And whose heart the Lord is what? Is staring. Amen. Because that is important to him. Because God looks at the heart. And not just what we do. So, go ahead. Today is a day we're giving sacrificially to God regarding our church building. And by the grace of God, we'll be back in sanctuary worship. It doesn't matter, lockdown or no lockdown. I'm telling you, whether this Sunday or upper Sunday, whether they like it or not, we'll be back. In the name of our Lord Jesus, those things don't move me again. It doesn't matter because lockdown will not stop us. Lockdown will not stop you to do the things that you need to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. How much do we have to go? 269,250. How much is that to God? Oh, there's a lot, lot of money. How are we going to do about it? No, that is just, how, how much is that even to Donald Trump? Hello? Or how much is that to Bill Gates? If Bill Gates will not shiver to 69,250, how much more the God that you and I are serving? How much more? Amen. No, they are just men. Mere men. But thank God that that is small for our God. So I'm looking forward to announcing to us, oh yes, that many of us have responded very powerfully in the name of Jesus. Give towards it, pour the church building, and uh, you know it will be a time of rejoicing, dancing, and celebration once again. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I will continue again. I don't know when we'll finish because something is brewing. God is rebuilding this church. God is at work in our heart and in our lives uh, so that we can start to align and start to become and start to represent the, the, the God who called us and the one who made us. Because like I've said before, humanity had completely departed from the original purpose of God. And even with church, the church do not seem to understand the left from the right. Where do we go from here? To many people, church is just coming and then, oh yes, we dance a little bit. We, we, you know, we look at God's word. Then quickly, after 20 minutes, we go out and take coffee and take tea. And then we are ready for the, and ready again for, uh, to go home. And somebody said, about what we learned there? Oh, that's church. We leave that in church. This is real life now. Oh, no, 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 no. It was never meant to be like that. Whatever you are learning, whatever God is showing you, whatever God is imparting to you, is to enable you to live this real life. Amen. It's not something that you leave in church or you leave at home. That is why I've been saying anywhere you go, church is going there. Because church is not just a building. When you go to work tomorrow, church is what is going to work. When you go to the post office tomorrow, church is what? Going to the post office. When you go to the shopping center tomorrow, church is what? Church is going there. You know you are an ambassador of the kingdom. You are representing the most high. And that means that whatever you say, whatever you do has what? Consequences regarding the kingdom. Amen. 
Yes, last week, we were looking at how the ruler became the root. And I told us, and I showed us how this man that God created. Because look at it. Look at the scriptures we've been looking at. Psalm 115, verse number 16. What does it say? The heavens, even the heavens belongs to who? I can't hear you. The heavens, even the heavens belong to who? And the earth, has it given to what? Given to sons of men. To just be observing it. Given to the sons of men. He has given the earth to the sons of men. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. In the very beginning of creation. When man was created. The Bible says, Genesis 1, verse 26. The Bible says, and God said, let us what? Make man in our image and after our likeness. And God said, look at it. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. Let them, not let us. Let them have dominion. 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 Not let us have dominion. Let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the beds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the face of the earth. Let them have dominion. What is dominion? I showed us. Dominion means what? It means authority. Dominion means what? Authority. It means rulership. It means what? Stewardship. It means ownership. Let them have what rulership over creation. Let them have authority over creation. Let them have stewardship over creation. Let them have ownership over creation. So we're not supposed to be under the circumstances. Hello. Which means there's something, if there's something that is happening in your life that is contrary to what you desire, to what you believe God has called you to do, then start to exercise dominion over it. And I'm going to go into more a little how to do that even next Sunday. But start to exercise dominion over it. We're not supposed to be under the weather. We're not supposed to be under the people talk and say under the present circumstances. Why should you be under the present circumstances? Why can't you be over the present circumstances? Amen. Under the present circumstances. You know, something had happened. This man, the man that we see, the man that is roaming the face of the earth, is different from the man that God created. The man we're seeing now, all over the whole place, the man that Satan had fostered on humanity. He's changed the entire thing. So that what you have is totally different from the one that God created. And we saw also the implications of the fall. Number one, what happened? Loss of glory. Loss of glory. Because God came, you know, the, in Genesis chapter number three, in verse number eight, they heard the sound of the Lord in the cool of the, in, in the garden, in the cool of the evening. And what happened? Adam and his wife ran. You know, before this time, when they will hear God and the Lord will come in the cool of the garden, Adam will run to God. Oh, hello, Lord, how are you doing? And they will discuss and they will share. Praise God. You know, that's actually the, 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 the purpose of prayers. Prayers is not, we have changed everything. We have become so religious. Let us pray. Oh, God. 
oh, and then oh, and all those things. No, prayer is supposed to be a time of fellowship and communion with God. And that is why worship should also flow from the heart. Not oh, 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 oh. all those things are man-made put-ons. Amen. To try and impress the people that are watching. That is why you are not supposed to be in, you are not performing, you are not in the theater. You are worshiping God. Amen. So all those put-ons, let's, let's put it aside and just be real before heaven. Amen. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. They ran from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And God had to say to them, where are thou? And Adam said, where? The Lord said, where are you? He said, look at what he said. Verse number 10. I, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Wait a minute. Because I was naked and I hid myself. Verse 11. And God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then verse number 12. Then the man said, the woman you gave me. Haba, did, he force, did she force it into your mouth? Did she say, open your mouth now? No, put it there. Did she do that? She didn't do that. She gave you and you willingly, hello, everybody, she gave what? You and willingly you what? Received it and willingly you open your mouth. And then you what, what? You put it there. Ah! So, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> were you, were you, were you bottle fed? No? That you say, open your mouth and put it there. No, no, no. You did it. What happened? Have you ate it? Yes, Lord. Well, we, I ate it. We have eaten the fruit. We're sorry. Forgive us. That would have cut off all these things. You know, but he was trying to give excuses. He was trying to do what? Oh yes, not my fault. Have you noticed that it's always not your fault? Up till today, it's always somebody else's fault. Oh, why are you like this? Oh, my fault. Oh, why my dad didn't, he didn't pamper me well enough. Why do you do this? Oh, so the teacher didn't teach well enough. How did you do this? Oh, somebody else didn't pray well enough. How did you, it's always somebody else's fault. No, 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 no. The man said, the woman said, Who, the woman you gave, the man said, the woman you gave me. And God said, you are very, very right. This woman is actually a bad woman. I've been looking at, is that what he said? No. What happened there? Loss of glory. They saw they were naked. Number two, loss of fellowship. Number three, loss of what? Position. The man that was supposed to be ruling is now being ruled by Satan. Number four, loss of provision. Number five, loss of what? Loss of assignment. Amen. And that's where I will start this morning. Don't forget those five. I try to go back to remind us because we have a tendency to forget. But the Spirit of God will continue to remind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't forget the implications of the fall. One, loss of glory. Two, loss of fellowship. Three, loss of position. Four, loss of provision. That's where lack came from. It was never part of the deal. Then loss of assignment. He's now roaming wild all over the whole place because he's been driven out of the garden. So today, I will continue again. I'll be taking us to the government of the kingdom. The government of the kingdom. What exactly was our divine assignment. What when God created this man? 
He gave him an assignment. And because your assignment is always tied, your provision is always tied to your assignment. If you don't know your assignment, that is why the man lost provision, the man lost position, majorly because the assignment was gone. And it's important that we have a clear understanding of the divine assignment that God had for this man when he created him. And you will see it. I'm going to take you to scriptures this morning. You will see there. What exactly is a divine assignment? Somebody say, I don't know. I'm still praying to, to, for God to show me. I can show you very, very clearly. All the others are specifics. But there's a general assignment that God has given to the believer. That God has given to the entire church. Let me take you to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 11. And I'll start to read from verse number 13. Deuteronomy 11, verse number 13. The government of the kingdom. It reads, and I quote, And it shall be that if you honestly obey. There's something about honestly obeying God. There's something about walking in obedience that always triggers heaven to respond. If you honestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your what? All your heart. To serve him when it's convenient. To serve him when you feel like it. To serve him when you don't feel like it. To serve him with all your heart. With all your soul. Verse 14. Then I will give you. Can you see? If you honestly obey, then I will also respond can you see that? I will give you rain for your land in its season. The early rain and the latter rain, meaning abundance of rain, so that you may have what? Enough provision. Have grain, have new wine, have oil. And then verse 15. And I will send grass in your fields for your livestock, that you may eat and be what? And be filled. Take heed to yourself, lest your heart be deceived. What should livestock be eating? They should be eating naturally grown grass. They should not be eating modified what? Because, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. But let's leave that. Take it to yourself, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Verse 17, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, you should not be serving. Somebody say, I'm not serving another god. No, 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 you are. What is more important to you? Check your heart. What is it that seems to drive you? What is it? What is it that is, is, is high priority to you? Anything that seems to have the highest priority in your heart has become your God. Anything that takes the place of God that has the highest priority has taken the place of God in your life. God wants to be number one in your life. God wants to make, God wants you to make him your priority because he will now make you his priority. But when you make something else much more important to you rather than your worship of God, he says the Lord's anger will be aroused against you and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain and the land will yield no produce and you will perish quickly. Did you see that? Quickly from the good land where the Lord is giving you. Verse number 18. Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine. Not forget them in your heart, in your soul. And bind them as a sign on your hand. 
and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse number 19. And you shall teach them to your children. It's not just something that you believe. Teach them to your children. God wants you to pass the baton to them. Speaking of them, when you sit in your house, hello, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, speaking of them regularly, continuously, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Let's continue. When you do that, that verse 21, then your days and the days of your children will be multiplied in the land of where the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. God's assignment for the believer is to bring heaven down to earth. Our divine assignment as a church, the divine assignment of a church is to what? Bring heavens down to earth. Amen. Praise God. I know that many of us, some of us are saying, oh yes, we're looking forward to going to heaven. There's no doubt about it. And we'll be there one day by the grace of God. But right now, God wants you to bring heavens down to earth. So that in the midst of all the situation taking place all around us, in the midst of the mess that is all over the whole place today, that heavens can reign upon the earth. So that heavens can make a difference. So that many can come to know that there's a God that what reigns in heaven and rules in the affairs of men. You've been asked to represent him. Bring heavens down to earth in your circumstances, in your situation, at your place of work, at, in your families, in wherever you are, to bring heavens down to the earth. Amen. Somebody said, maybe, but I really don't understand that. Can I take you to the New Testament? Let me take you to the book of Luke, chapter number 11, from verse number 2. Book of Luke, chapter number 11, from verse number 1. These, look at this. This is Jesus. We're seeing the example of Jesus here. It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Not teach us how to pray. Teach us to do it. Don't just give formulas. Step one, step two, step three, step four. That is not what, what this, this disciples asking after here. Teach us to do it. Not just instruct, but do it. Lord, we want to be able to do it just the way you're doing it. Because we saw that his prayer was very powerful. As John also taught his disciples, and verse 2. So he said to them, when you pray, say what? Our Father. In where? Where is the Father? In heaven. Hallowed be thy name. This is not a, a poem to be recited. Hello. Because uh, uh, they said, now say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as it is in heaven. No, 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 no. It's not a point. It's not twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. Like a diamond. That is not the way. This is just a pattern that was given to us to pray. That is why we don't pray this every Sunday in the morning. See, now the Lord's Prayer. And everybody repeats. We say with our mouth, with our heart, fire away from it. That, is, that was never the intention of heaven. Definitely not the intention of Jesus. When you pray, 
pray in this manner. This is a pattern. Go to God. Is your father is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Worship him. You know, that's why we start the service with worship. Worship him. Bless him. Give him praise. And you know, when I hear that, I say, well, your what? Your kingdom come. And your will be done on what? On earth as it is in heaven. So that means pray that the kingdom of God in heaven, the pattern in heaven, the way everything is in heaven, you can bring it down to all to the earth. Amen. You are not an accident of creation. Hello. When you were born, when you were made, God, there was a pattern in the heart of God, a purpose in the heart of the Father that led to your creation, that led to your birth. God now says, when you are here, bring it into time. Let what is in eternity enter into time. Hello. That whatever God intended when he created you, manifest it on the face of the earth. Bring it into the earth. Hello, God, Jesus said here, thy, what? Thy kingdom, what? And thy will be what? On earth as it is. That is why you are not an overload over your life. You can't bring the kingdom down if you are the one that is totally in, in charge, in control. That nobody can talk to you. Nobody can say, don't do it this way, don't do it that way. Say, nobody talks to me. No, no, no. When you say that, Somebody said, oh, yes, yeah, I've said that, but only God can. No, God will use people to talk to you. It's not all the time that he will, he will speak to you directly. He will talk to you through his servant. He will talk to you through the scriptures. He will talk to you through people. Sometimes I'm very, even when a little child is talking, sometimes I'm listening. What is God saying to this little child? I don't despise them and say, no, this one, God. No, because you don't know who God will use to talk to you. And when you are not listening, you miss out. When you have an idea of what you have that in your heart, that no, 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 no. Don't despise people and say, no, God can speak to you through his people. God can speak to you through his prophets. Listen. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me take you to Matthew. I think we should go to Matthew and see it there. And see the version of Matthew. Matthew chapter number 6 from verse number 9. Matthew 6 verse number 9. Because he also, you know, Matthew also, you know, shared this in his own account of what happened there. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father, how do you pray? Our Father in heaven. I've never had anywhere, anytime you find Jesus, the records of his prayers, I've never had him say, oh God. Hello? I've never had him say what? Oh God. I hear people pray today and say, oh God. You know, somebody say, what's the difference? Because the difference is this. He was God to Israel, but he was father to Jesus and father to the church. There's a difference in that. Father, fatherhood denotes relationship. Israel did not know him. No wonder many perish in the wilderness. And today he desires relationship with us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And what again? Your kingdom come, can you see? And your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Your assignment is to discover what God finished and then you start to live it here on earth. What exactly was there when you were created that you start to live it here on your kingdom world and your will be done on as it is in heaven. There's no part of you, your life, your future that you see God is wondering what to do about it. I'll repeat, I said there's no part of your future, your life, your situation that God is still wondering everything about you he concluded before you were ever born. Find out, find out, discover it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation. God does not lead anybody into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. For yours is what again? The kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, Jesus came to ensure that this believer, this brand new being, will be able to what? Bring heavens down to earth. Because just remaining without being delivered, from, from the dominion of darkness, without giving your heart to Jesus, you can bring heavens down. Last week, we were looking at how the ruler became the rule. But Jesus came to restore humanity so that man can bring heaven down to the earth. Hello, somebody. So that we can bring heaven's word down to the earth. It is only the redeemed man that can bring heavens down. Is only the restored man that can bring restoration to the earth. Hello, it's not by government. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, government, they're not doing their bit. Oh, government, they're not. Well, we thank God for them. Then well, what are you doing about it? The redeemed man. Hello, because God is not going to hold Daniel Andrews responsible for what is happening to our state of Victoria. He's going to hold you and I responsible. What are we doing about it? How are we praying concerning the situation? What are we doing? What are we doing? Daniel Henry is not hearing from God. He's not listening to God. You and I should be the one listening to God and bringing to pass the will of God regarding our state. Regarding our state. But it's only the man that's been redeemed, that's been restored, that can do that. Because Unless that has happened, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, from verse number 9. New King James Version. Colossians 1, verse number 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In all what? Wisdom. That means and spiritual understand the things you need to do. Remember the testimony I shared. I got to the gate. I don't walk in water gardens. But supernaturally I knew what to do. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse number 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing him. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. You know, sometimes 
I look at situations around me and I look at what is happening all over the world. I look at the, 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 you know, situations. I look at what is happening in Afghanistan. I look at what is happening in our city, in our state and everything like that. And many times you, you are almost, you are, you are just so broken hearted. I was watching the situation of Afghanistan and I saw that there was even a time they were trying to pass across a two-year-old or three-year-old baby. Or, you know, I almost broke down. You know, I, I, I looked at it. I had to just switch off the television. I switched. I said, Lord, Lord, do you know that eh, for Afghanistan to have turned away, what happened there? The church in Afghanistan has no what? Reason. It's time for the church to rise up. It's not just this Taliban that are bad. No, 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 no. It's not. It is the church there. It is the responsibility of the church anywhere. The picture of the city is the picture of the church. If the church is doing nothing, there's no vacuum in the spirit. Principalities and powers will occupy the space. Will occupy the space. We seem to lack compassion. So that we are only thinking about ourselves. Nothing happening to anybody touches us. That is not the church that God, the desire of God for his church on the face of the earth. That's not. That's not. We can't just ignore. You can't just say, oh, whatever is happening doesn't bother us. But, you know, because if it does not bother you, then you won't do anything about it. You won't do anything about it. When prayers, you know, for sleep time, uh, uh, time here in Melbourne on Friday, some of us pastors from all over this nation, and at the state, they asked me to start to pray for Afghanistan. Why did they ask me to start to pray for Afghanistan? They were not there when my heart was almost broken by what was happening there. But somebody just said, I want Pastor Shea to please pray for Afghanistan. And we continue to pray until late on Friday night. You know, praying for us, Afghanistan, praying for our city, praying for the nation, praying for the nation. That's the response because we can't bring heavens down to earth unless what we are strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Not to talk of the people, look at what happened there. With joy, verse number 12. Let's continue. Verse number 12, giving thanks to the Father, again to the who? To the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse number 13, who has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. King James says he's delivered us from the dominion of darkness and conveyed us to the kingdom of his own dear son. If, if you have not been delivered from the dominion of, dominion of darkness, you can't bring down heaven to the earth. Unless you're a citizen of the kingdom, that is when you can bring heaven down to earth. We have been delivered. If you are part of the church, you have been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed to the kingdom of the son of his love. New Living Translation, verse 13. says, for he has rescued us, rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his own dear son. We have been rescued. We have been delivered. Remember, there was a change of what? Loss of position. Satan became the lord of this man. He became what? The one exercising dominion over him. 
That's why people are behaving the way they are behaving. That's why the Taliban is the way they are. That is why COVID-19, and that's why you find a lot of things happening. It's because people are under the dominion of darkness. But the believer has been delivered from the dominion of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of his own dear son. To do what? To, to, to do what? To do what? Hello? To go on more holidays? Praise God. I remember talking to someone a few years back and he was trusting God for healing. He said, I, I said, I look at God as not, God is here to heal me. And I don't, and I, and, and I would love to be able to go to, uh, uh, MCG and watch more. I want to be able to go to and watch, uh, uh, what is it, uh, 40 and be able to travel for holidays and be able to do this. And I just looked at the person. My heart was bleeding. So you are believing God for healing to be able to watch more footy, to be able to travel and have more holidays. Oh, it's like, Lord, help us. Help us. Help us. Will God heal to be able for you to watch more footy? That would be added problem to the kingdom. To watch more footy? That is why this message of the kingdom must be clear to all of us. Why will he de- why did he deliver us? Why will why will you walk in the healing that is given to you? Why will you walk in wealth? Why? To bring heavens down to earth. To represent the kingdom, to be an ambassador of the kingdom. You have not, have you noticed that a lot of time you don't see wealth in the kingdom? It's not just because of lack of understanding, it's also because of selfishness. Hello, have you noticed that? Look at it. Where, many times, where do you see the power of God in demonstration? I just gave you the example. Somebody trusting God for healing, and he was just saying, "I want to be able to go for uh, go to uh, uh, go to uh, MCG to watch it." You know, at the height of a lockdown, when you, people were complaining about the lockdown because they couldn't go for holidays. Couldn't go for holidays. Am I saying you shouldn't go for your holidays? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that what's, where's your priority? Where's your priority? Do you have a heart for the kingdom? Are you concerned? Are you, are you concerned about what is happening around you? Or it doesn't bother you as long as you are doing well? Oh, no, 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 no. You don't know. Eventually it will get to you. Oh, praise God. So it's better for us to imbibe what he wants. He delivered us so that we can bring heavens down and bring what? Let thy kingdom and your will be on the what? As where? Tippity. Verse 13. He has rescued us completely from tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his own dear son. So the believer, number one, we have been delivered. We have been delivered so that we cannot become citizens of the kingdom. Hello, somebody. Oh, yes, citizens of the kingdom. Praise the name of the Lord. We need to have the understanding that we are citizens of the kingdom. That's when we can be effective members of the church. If you don't have the understanding of citizenship, you will not be an effective member of the church. What exactly? I don't know what pastor is saying. Let me take you to Ephesians chapter number 2. 
Ephesians 2 from verse number 19. Write these scriptures down. Listen to this message again and again and again. We've been what? Delivered from a dominion of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of his own dear son. And with that, we have now become what? Citizens of the kingdom. Now, therefore, you are no longer what? Strangers. And what again? Fellow foreigners. But what? Fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Can you see that we are first of all citizens before we become what? Members. Fellow citizens with the saints and members. To most believers, we are always thinking about membership. Oh yes, this is my, and there's nothing wrong with that. But he wants you to have a citizen mentality. Why is that? I will show you there. But therefore, we are no longer what? Strangers. And we are what? No longer what? Foreigners. But fellow citizens were the saints and members of the household of God. 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Why is it important that we have a citizen mentality? Let's go to TPT. What does it say? So you are not what? Foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the holy ones with all rights. Citizens have what? Rights. And what? Privileges with all rights. That's why you can now say to Satan, in the name of Jesus, get out of my life. Or in the name of Jesus, get out of my place of influence. Because you have right as citizens of the kingdom. If you do not have that understanding, you will not be able to execute your right as a citizen of the kingdom. And what is that right? To bring heavens down to earth. That whatsoever is not in heaven should not be what in your life. Question, is COVID-19 in heaven? Hello, is it in heaven? Or they are also on lockdown right now? They want to increase it because they found more cases? Is that what, or they want to reduce it because the cases have gone down? Is that what they are talking about in heaven right now? Is the is the is is uh, my angel uh, Michael fronting the television heaven and say, Hey, everybody, we need to be careful, stay on the streets here, still don't go anywhere, just because this COVID is that what they're doing? They're not doing that, they're not doing that because it's not there. There's no corruption in heaven. If there's no corruption in heaven, it should not be in our lives, amen. And if the enemy, because it's a lawbreaker. Is always trying to impute these things on us. Then, because of our right of citizenship, then you know what to do. Amen. What is the problem? Not knowing what to do. Should a citizen of heaven be what? Be running away, be full of fear for some of these things? No. Fear is contaminated faith. Fear is used. Telling that thing, you have faith in his ability to harm you. Hello. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. I love a man called Smith Wigglesworth. And I thank God for his life. Somebody went and asked him. They were asking him. said, Smith, Brother Smith, how do you feel? And he said, he turned to the person. He said, I don't ask Smith how he feels. 
I test me what to feel. What does that mean? That my spirit is what in charge here. I tell my body what to do. I don't allow my body to run wild. My body is not the one dictating to me and say I want to do what I want to lay down. I want to pursue this. I want to do that. No, the body might want to run wild. You call it to other and say, no, no, no. I tell the body what to do. Body, sit down. Body, you are good. If any pain shows up, body, you are good. Pain, you leave. That is exercising the rights of... And you don't just open your mouth because if you have not taken time to plant the promises in your heart, it will not be reflected in your circumstances. So it's not just opening mouth and say, yeah, pastor said, uh, say, buddy, you know, let me try it now. Buddy, leave. Buddy, go. Buddy, sit down. Buddy, the, it won't work. It's not like that. Hello, you must go to the promise, what he said in his word, and plant that promise where? In your heart. And then out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. And then the body will do what the moment you say, buddy. You know what? Bad leave. Or that happen. What will happen? It would first of all check you to see whether you truly believe it or not. The moment he knows that you believe what you're saying, you will you what? You will flee. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are not a victim, you are a victor. Hello, somebody. You must oh yeah, having rights of citizenship. Praise the name of the Lord. When you're a citizen, you have right. Amen. I remember when I first came to this country, and uh, because I didn't, uh, I wasn't a citizen, and they checked my passport, they saw where I was coming from. That is the story for another day. Amen. Because of the passport. And they say, hey, where are you coming from? And they query that and they query this. But when I became a citizen, I walked boldly. Hello. And nobody could say, where are you coming from? Because I have rights and privileges as a citizen. Amen. If you have right as a citizen of a nation, how much more the kingdom of God? Amen. Praise God. You have rights too. Amen. So having rights as family members of the household of God. Now listen to me. Jesus did not come to establish another religion. Hello? What is your religion? Christianity. He did not come to establish another religion. If you don't have understanding of some of these things, you need to get the understanding. Christianity is not another religion. It's not like Islam. It's not like Hare Krishna. It's not like uh, Buddhism. It's not like Hinduism. It's not like any of those things. Christianity is not another religion. He did not come to deliver you from the dominion of religion and hand you over to another religion. Amen. Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. That's why he says, pray this way, let thy kingdom work and it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Jesus did not come to establish. Let's say to ourselves. Jesus did not come. To establish another religion. He came. To establish the kingdom of God. 
on the face of the earth. Let's repeat again. Jesus did not come to establish another religion. He came to establish the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. Isaiah 9 from verse number 6. He reads, and I quote, Isaiah 9 from verse number 6. For unto us a child is what? Born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You know, look at the prophetic word that God gave Isaiah about the birth of the son. And in verse number 6, he said, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Between the child that was born and the son when he was given, how many years? 30 years. Meaning that God is a God of process. In the kingdom, you will go through process. Hello. You go through the process. Don't waste your process. Invest your war. Invest in your process. Don't abort process. Oh, it makes sure you invest in it so that you can become everything that God has intended for you. For unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is what? Giving. Between the child that was born and the son that was given, how many years? 30 years. Amen. Number two is this. Listen very well. Before the son could be given, before the child could be given, he had to become a son. He was not just born, and then the very next day, he said, now go into all the world preaching the gospel. He had to grow. He had to mature. He had to uh, learn obedience. The Bible says he learned obedience by the things that, what? He suffered. He learned obedience. In the same way, God will want you to grow. How many of God's children are growing? God will want you to mature. Because God will not commit much to you if you're not growing. Can you see the reason why we've been looking at spiritual growth for the past maybe two or three months? God wants you to grow. Hello. God wants you to mature. Amen. If you're not growing, God, he won't commit much to your hands. Let me take you to Luke chapter number 2, verse number 40. Luke chapter 2, verse number... Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants you to grow. Tell the person, God wants you to mature. Luke 2, verse number 40. And the child, look at it, the child, capital C. The child, not just small C, not just another child. This is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And the child, what? Grew and became what? He became. He, be, he grew and he became. The child grew and became strong in the spirit. You also will need to grow so that you can become strong in the spirit. Filled with what? Wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Can you see God has been talking to us about wisdom 
about wisdom because it is the Lord that gives wisdom. And out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And it says when you grow, it will, you will become strong and it will fill you with wisdom. And then the grace of God was upon him. The child grew. Then look at verse number 41. The child, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up how many years old? And he went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Who was 12 years old here? The Lord, when they had finished the days as they returned, did you notice he didn't just drop from heaven? Bah! And said, I've arrived. He was born and he had to grow. And as they returned, they what? Bore Jesus. So there was a time he was a boy. And look at it. Capital B, not, not small B. The boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. 44. And but supposing him to have been in the comp, that's why I say that assumption is the lowest form of knowledge. Assum or but assuming him to have been in the company. No. Supposing him to have been in the company, they went in this journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. 45. So when they did not find, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him what? Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them what? Questions. 45, 47. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. At this time, was he God? He was fully God. Hello. But he was also fully man. Let me, let me, let me make, let, I think, let me, let me, uh, when, when we get through this, I will explain some things to us. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, look at the capital S. Why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. 49. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not that, did you not know that I must be about my father's business or about kingdom business? But they did not understand the statement. Father and mother did not understand the statement that the boy of 12 year old was saying. So, there must be something happening there. But they don't understand the statement which he spoke to them. Verse 51. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother and kept all these things in her heart. Remember, he, came, he went with them. He was subject to them. But his mother was wondering, what is happening here? Look at 52. You know, and Jesus increasing. This is the, he came as a pattern son. He was subject to them. Even though he was God, he was obedient to his word, parents. And God increased him in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. I said something earlier on. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 9. I said, was he God at this time? You know, was he God? The Bible said, unto us a child is what? Born. And a son is what? Giving. Was he God at this time? Absolutely. He was fully God and fully man. What's the difference between him and us? This is the difference. He was what? He was a, a what? A divine human person. A divine what? Human person. But we are what now? Human divine person. 
His divinity came before his humanity. Hello, but our own humanity came before we became our sons and daughters of the living God. Until we gave our heart to Christ, we were living in corruption. But he never saw corruption because he was born by immaculate conception. So he was a divine person who took on the form of humanity. So he was both God and was what? Man. But with us, we were born as human beings. And when we accepted Christ into our heart, then the Holy Spirit came into us, imparting us with divinity. Amen. So we are now sons and daughters of God. So he was and he is a divine human person. But we are what? A what? Human divine. So that's the difference. That's the difference. We still have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The greater one is living inside of you. The divine one is living inside of you. That makes what? You, you are carrying divinity on your inside. But you are first of all, what? Human. Before you became born again. But he did not go through corruption at all. He was totally, fully God and fully man. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's why at the age of 12, he had some word understanding that his human parents did not have. Amen. Because he wrote the book anyway. Praise God. That's why you can't understand this book without inviting the author into your heart, into your life. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is what? Giving. It will require for you to grow, to be able to bring heavens down to earth. He will take you through process so that you can mature in him. Verse number three. I mean, number three. I'm giving you five points here. Number three. And the government will be upon his what? His shoulders. The government will be upon his shoulders. Because exercising governmental authority is the responsibility of the believer. The government will be upon his shoulder. Where is the shoulder? And shoulder is part of what? The body. We are the body of Christ. So, what? The government was upon his shoulder. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to exercise governmental authority in our lives regarding our situation. This is so important because if you don't exercise it, the enemy will continue to take advantage of you. What does it mean? What does the word government mean? Maybe we need to look at it at this point. What does the word government mean? It means, is the Hebrew word Mizra, and it means rulership and dominion. So when it says, let them have dominion, it was saying, let them have the government. That is why they what? Let them have the government. Let them have, it means rulership and dominion. Number two, it means to control and to restrain. So you can control and what? Restrain. It means to the exercise of authority, direction, restrain, exercise over the actions of men in communities, in societies, administration of power. You know, that government, you're exercising authority. How many of us know that many people don't agree with this extension of lockdown that Daniel Andrew has been putting? But because he has what? 
governmental authority, whether you like it or not, he announces it and he walks away and everybody goes back to your house and you say, we're we are still under our world lockdown. Uh, can you see that? That is government at play. So you can also start to exercise the government of God in your life, in your situation. Amen. And the church is to exercise the government of God in our city and in our nation. Government is rulership and dominion. So from the very beginning, let them have government. Let them be able to exercise government. The government is what? Upon his shoulders. Meaning, if you are doing nothing about it, nothing will get done. Amen. Number four. Number four. Look at it. Looking at you know, the government of the kingdom now. Number four, let's go to uh, Isaiah 9, verse number 6. And unto us a child is what? Born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse number 10. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Number four is this. In the kingdom, peace is the foundation of increase. Peace is the foundation of increase. No peace, no increase. That is why Satan is so, <laughs> is so, is so good in sowing discord amongst brethren. Sowing discord amongst married, married couples. And sowing discord in the home. Because he knows that the moment you are effectively able to sow discord, you cut off increase. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be what? No end. The increase of his government. Do you want increase? Make sure. Don't allow the enemy to steal your peace. Don't allow him to sow discord. Husband and wife, don't allow the enemy to sow discord. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. What do you do? Make sure you are building your hope according to the pattern of heaven. Because the moment the husband is listening to God, it will be easier for the wife to also listen to God. But if the husband is not listening to God, and the wife is trying to listen to God, and the husband is listening to some other things, listening to radio, listening to this, listening to that, then, you are, then there's a problem. Or the, or the wife. Amen. Praise God. Because one person is pulling in this side, the other person is pulling the wall, the other side. One person is saying, let's follow God. The person is saying, you know, let's be very careful. God is in heaven. We are on earth. You know, let, let's, let, let's look at it properly. You know, uh, with that, there won't be what? There will not be increase. Amen. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And you know the last one, which I want to, st which where I will stop today and I'll continue next week. And he said, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no word. This believer has limitless potential. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be what? No end. It is called limitless potential. Isn't that what he said to us at the beginning of this year? This is a year of open doors and limitless possibilities. Limitless possibilities. You know, the belief, this believer that is carrying the kingdom, that is working in kingdom mandate, 
this believer has limitless possibilities. Limitless possibilities. There will be no end. Meaning that you are the one that will determine where you what? You are the one that will determine your limitation. Somebody said the sky is the limit. Not for the believer that is working in kingdom mandate. The sky is not your limit. Hello, somebody. The sky is not your limit. God is your limit. And in God, there's no limit. In 1996, I had an experience that transformed my life. And from that point, this has started growing. I didn't fully understand all of these things that I'm teaching you right now. But those times and what happened there laid the foundation that I'm now building upon. Amen. In 1996, I was invited to come and preach at an Easter convention of a number of churches in a city called Peter Marisburg in, in KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. I was invited to preach there. A number of churches gathered together. They were having their Easter convention and they invited me. At that point in time, that was at the very beginning of this ministry. We're still in a new fight stage. I mean, like babyhood stage. We practically were just starting off. And I did not have the funds to purchase the ticket to travel. How much was it? I think it was I've been either 72 or 75,000. Maybe 72,000 naira. Naira, not dollars. But I didn't have it. And I went to God. They've invited me. And where we are coming from, we don't tell people to send tickets. We don't, you don't, you don't, money, you don't, money is your servant. You don't, you don't, that does not become your priority. You go to God. And I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, they've invited me. I know you like me to be there, but I do not have the funds to travel. And I said, I don't have it. And he said to me something that it amazed me. I was flabbergasted. I was, I was totally thrown off on my seat. And he said to me, he said, you're only limited by your own limitation. I said, ah. He said, in me, there's no limitation. And every limitation you acknowledge becomes your barrier. Every limitation you confess becomes your stumbling block. I said, Lord, he said, yes, in me, you do not have limitation. He said, you're only limited by the limitation you acknowledge. And limited by the limitation you what? You confess. I had it. I quoted it. But I didn't fully understand. While I was seated in the church office, you know, I think it must have been the week after, a brother walked in and he brought 36,000 naira to me. I mean, you can do the mathematics in dollars. Like, you know, there. And it was practically half of the funds. And I said, what is, why did you do this? He said, God told me to do it. And do you know what? The other part of it came and I went for that conference. I went for it. It was a lesson I'd not forgotten. You are limited by your own limitation. Any limitation you acknowledge becomes your barrier. Every limitation you confess becomes your stumbling block. In God, there's no limit. That's why he said to us, this is a year of limitless 
possibilities. And for those of us that will respond, you know, to what God is saying to us, especially concerning giving to us, building his tabernacle, he said, he's making it 10 years of limitless possibilities. He can find it here. There will be no end. Don't let circumstances limit you. Don't let situation limit you. The moment you say you cannot, the enemy rises up and ensures that you will not. The moment you say, well, and I will show you next week. I will show you how Jesus demonstrated that. I will show you kingdom mandate or the government of the kingdom. But I will continue in this. But I want to leave you with this. There is no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order what to order it and establish it with judgment and justice to order it according to what heaven is saying and to ensure that it, what you bring it to pass you establish it against contrary situations and circumstances but there is no limit to the government of the kingdom if you allow that government to increase in you and expand in you and grow in you oh i don't know have money where did you get that from i look at this situation i'm under this where did you get that from who have you been listening to who has been talking to you you have believed a lie i'm telling you but it's time to believe the truth because truth is superior to your circumstances is superior to time, is superior to your situation, is superior to any other thing, is superior to it because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you allow this truth to rest on your inside, oh yes, it will continue to grow and expand and expand. And, and I want to pray this for you. This is my only prayer for you as I close. Rise up wherever you are. Oh, rise up is a prayer I've been praying for myself. And oh my thank God for the word you've heard. Thank God for this word. Thank God for this word. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God for this word. I want to pray for you right now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for your people right now that the truth of the kingdom, the truth of the government of the kingdom, the truth of dominion mandate and kingdom mandate, let this truth be revealed. Oh, Lord, my God, supernaturally to these ones. Lord, the eyes will be open to see. Ears will be open to hear. Heart will be open to know. Father, impart them with the riches of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your word, in the knowledge of your spirit. That none will walk in darkness again. Let eyes be open to see. Let ears be open to hear. Let hearts be open to know. That these ones, oh Lord my God, they will not just be just members, but they will indeed be citizens, working in citizenship rights and privileges. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for understanding. Thank you for revelation. Thank you that none of them will walk in darkness again. But Lord, they will have the light of life. Father, thank you, oh Lord my God. I say no devil, no demon, no outside force will steal this revelation from your heart. In Jesus' name. You'll not be a forgetful hearer, but you'll be a doer of the work. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy to you, arise and become who God has ordained for you to be. Representing the kingdom, being ambassador of the kingdom on the face of the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord 
keep you. The Lord will cause his face to shine upon you in the name of Jesus. The favor of the Lord is upon you and the Lord will grant you peace, peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, wonderful Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.